everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and if it's your first time rolling in and push and play, first of all, Happy New Year. We're so happy you're here. We're happy to be back with a new season. Here's our goal every single week. We want to take the experiences and the stories of those who are ahead of us and use them to turn around and apply them to the lives of those coming behind us. Those moments that you might be sitting in one right now thinking, why did no one tell me this would feel this way? This would be this way. Why did no one tell me that I wouldn't actually know what to do next? Those moments are the ones we're coming after because we want you to know one thing. You are not the only one who feels that, thinks that, or experiences that. Someone has been exactly where you are. And so my hope is to get those people right here on this podcast, holding a microphone, telling you what they wish they had known sooner. So with that in mind, I feel like a lot of times I start seasons with this person who is with us today because I, I don't really have a reason. She's just, it's always a good interview. And so I'm like, why wouldn't we start here? So Kaylee is back with us again. Kaylee, Merry Christmas. Merry Happy New Year. <laughs> I feel like we just start in seasons of life together. So maybe that's Well, that's, that's what a valid is. point. Well, and usually I, I'm discussing the start and end of a season with you in some degree. Yeah. And so, and you've, we've talked about this, I think in the last episode, you've watched and vice versa going through all of these seasons. Mm -hmm. And so the topic today that we're really talking about is essentially those moments that you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. And I think it's easy to feel that at the beginning of a year. I don't know you. So when we record this, we are in that in-between week, right? Where limbo, the limbo where Christmas is over. The new year is coming. You don't know what day it is. You don't really know what to do with yourself. And I keep reading how everyone's like, set your goals for mm -hmm. 2024, like set your intentions, choose your word, all those kind of things. And I do believe like that is valuable. But in the season of life that I'm in with three little kids who are like, what are we going to do today? Literally, they wake up and are like, what are we going to do today? I find myself without the bandwidth to actually sit down and pray through and think through what is 2024 going to look like? Like, what do I want to happen? And so... I think a lot of people probably find themselves there as well. What do you do in this week in between? What do you like? You have a little more probably capacity mm -hmm. to think bigger picture. What are you thinking about for 2024? I can do a little bit of both. I think the pressure of this week weighs on me to know what I'm going to do in 2024. Um, I've got plans and things and goals. And so I want to sit down and like figure all of that out before the year starts. I feel that pressure because that's my personality. I love a fresh start. So new year, I'm like, let's get it. What 10 things. And then what's the outline. And like, we're, we're going to have goals. The other side of me really values rest and reset. And I love this week for that. Um, if I don't have it off from work, I'll take it off and use PTO just so I can rest and recharge. And so balancing those two things is really hard for me because I do have the space um, to go, sit, pray, think, write, and I'll do a little bit of that. But then I'll be like, oh, I should be resting or I should be like doing something fun or going out and eating or hanging out with my dog or whatever. And so I, balancing those is what I try to do this week. But I also, because Christmas was on a Monday, and then Tuesday was like, recover from Christmas. Wednesday hit and I was like, I've done nothing and I'm taking this week off to plan and prepare and I feel behind. But um, I try to do both. I'm bad about it. Uh, but uh, speaking of recovering from Christmas, you, uh, <laughs> before we recover. hit play, 
<laughs> you shared that, um, you know, the guy you've been dating for a while now mm-hmm. um, that we love, you went to his mom's house mm-hmm. for Christmas. Um, went with a sister as well, took the drive about an hour away and got there to the house and got a full meal, <laughs> got to eat. And then tell us what happened, Kaylee. Well, first of all, my rule is I don't do Christmas or holiday with significant others unless we're engaged or married. Mm-hmm. It just has always been my thing growing up. My brother did not follow that rule. So we had lots of girls in the house, but I did not do that. <laughs> so against my better judgment this year, I was like, you know what? 32 dating we, who cares let's go so we did thanksgiving and then we did christmas and um after we ate dinner i was just sitting there at the table just put down my fork and i was like i'm gonna throw up <laughs> right here this is a nightmare scenario okay you're the nightmare. girlfriend you've only been there one other time one, once you're there with the family yep. And, it, and tragedy strikes. She strikes <laughs> luckily the guest bath was right behind me so i just stood up turned went Went to close the door, did not get the door shut before some of it hit the ground. And then I'm just panicking. Like, I don't do that. This is not like me. Clean it up, make it to the toilet, whatever, have an experience, wash up, leave, sit back down at the table. They're already playing a board game. So, like, they have moved on. And I'm like, looking at him. They don't even know what's happening. I hope they don't know what's happening. I'm looking at him, like, do not ask me to play this game right now. And then 10 minutes later, maybe I'm watching them play. I'm like, nope, gotta go. Get back up, go back in made it all the way that time let it all out cleaned up whole nine come back out and i mouthed to him i have puked <laughs> i think he just said oh um i don't remember the rest of the night we did presents and then left pretty quickly after but i i mean it could be in a movie it was just terrible i'm so proud of you for soldiering through it's very on brand for you in general <laughs> but to hold it together i didn't through- want them to know i puked in their bathroom oh it's so embarrassing but you know it's very dumb and dumber <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> where he could not control himself yep and i just imagine you with like a little square of toilet paper trying to clean up the floor oh, <laughs> and just this is so tmi there was a little bit that had splashed like oh, no. onto the door and oh, i couldn't no. i did the best i could <laughs> I did the best. I'm so sorry to his mom. But you know, it, these are the things that bring us closer. <laughs> I'm interested in your rule of no uh, significant others oh, or yeah. who you're dating coming to family events. Because Ryan Bernard Holland went with us on vacation mm-hmm. like the summer after we started dating. I remember. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we were like in it to win it. And that was before I knew I was going to marry this man. But he right. was already, but he's the only boyfriend. I mean, technically I only had one other boyfriend before that. But <laughs> but he, he came along. He had lots of girlfriends, lots of them. But I was the only one that was. Did his girlfriends do things with no. his family? Just you. Sometimes okay. they did, but not to the degree that I did. Yeah. And I think it's because he and I started out as best friends so Mm -hmm. we were always with each other's families anyway because of that yeah before we started dating so maybe that's a differential but what is your logic behind (laughs) because i'm thinking i'm not even logic uh, is it i don't know because i'm thinking you know i've got henny girl yeah she's gonna start dating in her teens the rule she's not gonna date till she's 16 yeah but what can do should i set rules should i be like hey we're not doing this like bring every mm-hmm. boyfriend over to every holiday well my parents didn't set the rule so my brother and i probably i don't think we either one of us dated until high school um like 15 16 probably and he just loved his girlfriends it didn't matter which one it was i loved him wanted to take care of him she was the one yeah she was the one so they came over all the time 
Um, I think there was a vacation he brought one or two or three. I don't even remember. I just always felt like that is reserved for like commitment, which is so silly at 15. But I I just was like, no, this is uncomfortable. You are not a part of my family. Not yet. Like, don't you think you are? And I just always made me feel a little cringy. And then as I got older, it was something about having someone in your family photo (laughs) in 20. That you can't, you know, or 2001. And you're like, who's that guy? And you have to explain to people Mm -hmm. 10 years. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I had the foresight to for all of that. But just to me, it was like, you were not committed to me. Therefore, you were not committed to my family. We can hang out, come over for dinner, Mm -hmm. but you're not going on vacation. Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting you to do that. I don't want to be in a room with you or locked looking at you for a week. So we're not doing that. And then Christmas is special. And and half the time, your holidays fall on the same day anyway. So like, I'm not trying to, at 16, go to two places on Christmas. I can save that till I'm married and have kids and all that junk. So that was my initial thought, which I obviously broke and got punished for breaking by the puke <laughs> you did, well I mean in some ways you did <laughs> what if you could go back like in your 20s if you're dating in your 20s would you change it and put be like okay a year maybe if we've been together would you put a, an amount on and be like then you can come I'm just thinking to all the people who are listening right now and it's like when do you invite someone I feel like to they're the family all already step? doing it I feel like I'm such an odd bird for <sighs> doing it this way is there anything to regret doing it other than the photo that you can't, you've got to try <laughs> to scratch photos. the person out? <laughs> um, I think looking back, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. I think I made a really big deal out of it. And part of it probably was watching my brother do it. And it yep. annoyed me that someone from the outside was at our family thing. Yep. Um, which changes the temperature. You can't be yourself. Gosh, let me tell you something. You know this about me. If it feels uncomfortable, I've got, I will talk until it doesn't feel uncomfortable anymore. <laughs> And I, that is the epitome of who I am. And so that's probably why if Ryan was always with me, then I had like a companion mm-hmm. in the discomfort and it wasn't just me trying to talk through it and, yeah. and try to talk around it. I do it. I, this Christmas I did not, I committed and I was like, I am not carrying that burden this year. Good for you. I am not going to sit and talk my way through all of it. It was a very quiet Christmas. I bet it was. My mom's Let house. them feel it. But, that's, <laughs> but see, I don't know if people feel it the way I do. Uh, you know, like I think when I walk in a room uh, and I don't know who does this but I take into not this is a very like damaging thing so I don't mean this as I'm a great person I take into account like how everyone might feel mm-hmm. you know like not that they do mm-hmm. but they might feel this way because they're in here and this person's mm-hmm. here or they're the sitting over time. here and they yeah. might feel uncomfortable so I need to probably help with that it's a little absurd honestly and it's uh, exhausting and so this year I was like I don't care uh not that I didn't care but I just didn't want to carry that because I was also carrying a baby. Yeah, and you shouldn't. I had to pay attention to, which is also babies are great buffers. Good buffer. Great. Ryan, I think that's the only reason he wanted to have children is for the sake of a buffer. Just Fair. kidding. He loves I our children. I understand. He loves our children. Okay, let's flip back to looking at 2024. Do you have one thought, intention, word, goal in mind that you would, maybe just it's like out here, of I'd kind of like to lean into that. Okay, well, the word just came to me. So you just <gasps> consider yourself a prophet. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm so excited. Because I haven't fully thought through it. I mean, I've thought like, do I have a word? I and mean, everyone's posting theirs and all that junk. I came up with my 2023 word at the end of the year. So this year I was like already exhausted over the idea of a word. <laughs> but I think through this conversation right what now. What was 2023 words? Endurance. Endurance. Okay. <laughs> it, it hit me in yeah. like November. Yeah. <laughs> That, yes. that needed to be my word mm-hmm. and was my word mm-hmm. looking back um, and the word I needed to finish the year out. So I think this year through these conversations that you and I've had on and off this mic, 
it's going to be obedience. Mm -hmm. And that's so like churchy and gross feeling to me. And which is probably why I never would have picked it. But I think that's just it. And it's going to, I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. I know what it looks like maybe this week and the first week of January. But like, other than that, I just need to lean into that, Mm -hmm. whatever it could be small, big, Mm -hmm. wherever. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you what I wish I would have learned sooner is the priority of obedience. Yeah. Over anything else, over the thoughts of anybody Mm -hmm. else, over the plan someone else has made for you, over the fear. Mm -hmm. I wish that I had learned so much sooner the priority of obedience because I feel like my life maybe necessarily wouldn't have been easier. My decisions would have been a little bit easier because I would agonize over decisions. And instead of making it about, okay, what's the most obedient thing I can do right Mm -hmm. now? Like what is, what is God laying out in front of me to do? It was okay. But if I do this, this person might think this, or it might have this impact, or it could mean this for me, or this is too scary. Surely this is a, because I had equated obedience with comfort that if I'm obedient, then I'll feel good. And that I just wish I had learned sooner. What you just said is if obedience is the priority, it's really hard to get it wrong, Mm -hmm. to get, you know, any decision wrong. If your aim is to be obedient. And so you know, when you look back over, let's say just the past 10 years, okay, between 22 and 32. Wow. What's, I know, doesn't that blow your mind a so little? Lots of different people in the, the was, 10 decade there. Gosh, isn't that crazy? Like in your head, 10 years doesn't sound like a lot, yeah. but then you think about your life. What year it was, like, how old I was. Yes, yeah. like who you are now compared to who you were then. What's something you wish you would have started doing in that decade and maybe something you wish you would have stopped doing. Mm-hmm. Like mine is, I wish I would have been more obedient mm-hmm. and I wish I would have stopped waiting for it to be comfortable. What, what would your answer be? Yeah. I, this started, um, took me a second to think through because I'm still doing this. Um, but I wish I would have started like looking outside of my immediate circles for anything, advice, knowledge, books, podcasts, sermons, um, inspiration, anything like just outside of my small like southern white girl baptist like kind of bubble Mm -hmm. which is hard to do this is hindsight obviously um it's hard to do because you don't know what you don't know but there's just so much more um to be found outside of that and i think i just put everything up against that and i was like that's not true then because it doesn't match my bubble and my culture and my context Um, Instead of just looking at it and weighing it against scripture, say, that'd be the better idea, but looking at my own culture and being like, "Mm, that's probably wrong because that's not how I experience life. Mm -hmm. And I just wish I would have been more into like the broader church, big C church or um, even friends outside of my school or my zone and like all of that stuff. I wish I would have pushed more into that because I would have known more sooner. Um, What would that have looked like if you had done that? I think first of all, I'm really closed off person in general. It takes a while to get to know me. So if I would have started doing that, I think there would have been friendships in my life, um, whether that was through like club sports or um, putting myself out there in other areas, like letting them change me and shape me to be better, to know more how people feel. I'm not a great empathizer. That's not a gift I have. That's a gift you have. Um, I have to learn how to do that. And I think that would have rubbed off some of the rougher edges on me earlier in life, like letting someone else's culture experience mm-hmm. um, just kind of chip away at what I thought was just right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do I don't you do know. that now. I try. It's so hard. I'd mostly try through 
um, what I'm reading or hearing or like putting in my headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, I try really hard to find things that um, challenge me. Um, Nothing too crazy, but I just want to hear of other voices. I feel like the algorithm really messes us up Mm -hmm. on social media because it just serves you what you already have. It's an echo chamber. It's an echo chamber. You're just hearing the same thing. So you've got to try. Like Mm -hmm. you got to go looking. Um, So I try to like find people that pique my interest and then Mm -hmm. I'll try to see who they're following or what they're reading and um, different things like that. It's an effort, but just wish I would have done it sooner. But the impact long term that it makes is I can always tell a difference in when when I have extra time, Mm -hmm. how I spend that extra time. Am I just doing what I've always done, like scrolling something or turning on, you know, Real Housewives, like Bravo. Do that. Or what, do you know, like, am I doing that? Which there's a, like, if that turns my brain off, there's a Mm -hmm. section of time for that. But if I'm, um, you know, I got into a rhythm last year and then I fell out of it when Holt was born. But my life is meant to be in rhythm because I just don't do chaotic well. But I would, um, Every time I was on a run or a walk or whatever, or driving, there was always a podcast. Uh, maybe it was a sermon, lots of sermons, listen to lots of different sermons. Maybe it was a leadership podcast, whatever the case may be. And then at night before bed, I started the habit of reading um, a book that would make me better in some way, right? So there was a whole variation of books and I would always spend, I would read until I was sleepy and I would make notes and then I would fall asleep. And I noticed a marked difference mm-hmm in my outlook, in my sense of self, in my ability to understand and navigate situations than when, like you're saying, I'm just in my echo chamber where I'm hearing the same things all the time, where I'm seeing the same things all the time. I'm not getting any culture or any different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's a great point, starting that sooner instead of being desperate for it later. Yeah, when you realize you don't know what you don't know. What is something you wish you would have stopped? So this kind of falls on into what we were already talking about, um, about obedience, but I wish I would have stopped waiting for other people's affirmation or um, even authority to believe what God called me to do um, because of that bubble that I was in that I created and, you know, subscribed to myself. Like no one pushed me into it, but I allowed like the people and the parameters of that bubble to keep me from exploring what God's call was on mm-hmm. my life. Um, and it was almost like I was asking permission to hear from God, mm-hmm. um, like he couldn't speak to me uh, in my own personal way. If the bubble was like, mm, that's not how, mm-hmm. that's not how we do it. Or that's not how you've seen it done. So probably not that. And I just mm-hmm. wish at 22, I mean, that would have been, that would have changed mm-hmm. the rest of that decade for yeah. sure. If I had just been like, wow, God can speak to me yeah. <laughs> and I can line it up with scripture, but he can speak to me and I don't need you know, a priest and all of this and like, you know, like Old Testament times. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. He's got me. The, t- yeah. the veil is torn. I can talk to him. Isn't that, you know, you think about how we grow up and, you know, we go through elementary, middle school, high school, college, and, and then you start a job and you always have someone who's in authority over mm-hmm. you, who's telling you your next thing, right? I mean, whether it's an advisor in college, you just always have, there's someone or your parents or a boss, a supervisor. There's always someone in authority over you who's kind of telling you that next step. And you hit a tension point when you believe or you feel a restlessness and a stirring of the Holy Spirit of what your next step could be, but it's in tension with what maybe that authority figure, whether it is, you know, a parent or an advisor or a supervisor, like I said, any of those, it's different than what they're outlining for you. And then we have this habit of making their authority more powerful and carry more weight than God's authority Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. our lives. And so 
we sit back and let them decide instead of taking the time to pray over it mm-hmm. and, and ask God like, Hey, you've put these people in authority over me. So I want to honor and respect, yeah. but not at the cost of hearing from you right. and knowing that you are the one who's going to guide this. And that, you know, kind of goes back to just where your confidence is mm-hmm. or where your assuredness, which was a super churchy word, mm-hmm. but I wish I'm with you. I just, man, if I had figured that out in my twenties, yep that I don't have to wait for permission to pursue my calling. And I say that carefully because I'm not saying you do it in a disrespectful way. Right. Don't go burn it down. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. God does get out of here. Like he's going (laughs) to smite you for this. You know, like that's just, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you are in step with the Holy spirit and he lays something on your heart to do, you don't have to wait for permission to do it. And you don't have to wait for a platform, whatever it is. I think we, think we have to have the title that says we can do it. Right. And we don't. And I think, I mean, I'm jumping forward a little bit. We'll come back to this at the end, but you're kind of doing that Mm -hmm. in 2024. And I mean, at the end of this week, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, what, what do you feel like God has stirred you to do? And it's just a small step. It's one step of obedience. Yeah. I think, um, this calling or whatever I knew when I was 19, uh, I remember where I was when he called me Um, to do it and it unfolded over the years but I think because I was second guessing and lacking confidence in you know the bubble I was in and the roles I was playing and different things happening in my life and things that I chose all of that um, took that confidence away and so now I'm I'm like man God's call has not changed and even though I've had doubts and I've been fearful which I didn't realize I was being fearful um, he has called me to speak his word and I don't know what that looks like anymore. And I used to think I knew and, and it could look differently in different seasons, but I know that that's the call. And I've just been letting my own fear and doubt and the enemy's thoughts and opinions and whether he's saying that to me in my own head or through other people, letting that keep me in this box, waiting for someone to come unlock it. Mm-hmm. And like, they're not gonna, mm-hmm. it is my responsibility to steward the call that God has placed on my life. And I think a lot of times we think, Oh, well, I got to wait for that man, woman, mom, dad, brother, sister, spouse, whoever mm-hmm. to be like, no, you can, you can now do this. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to be what I think it looks like. It's just going to be a small step of obedience. And so that's what I'm looking at trying to do in 2024 and, and lots of little, little steps along the way. Um, and, and I don't know if you want to come back to that. Or yeah, we'll, we'll circle back because it is tease. exciting and I love it so much. Little um, but that is, I just think in this culture, you know, of influencers and mm-hmm. a culture of, you know, like, well, how many followers do you have? How many likes do you yep. have? How, you know, like how many people care about what you say? Cause no one cares about what you say unless there's a lot of numbers behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is a culture that we live in yep. and you think that obedience has to come with an audience, right? Like a huge audience. Mm-hmm. And it does not. Obedience is your every day and living out that calling on your life of even sharing God's word. Like maybe you're stirred to, you know, share what God's teaching you through scripture. I mean, lead, you know what the local church needs? People who will lead small groups, mm-hmm. people who will disciple people who will do, you know, like that is where you can teach God's word. Yep. And if you're waiting for a microphone or you're waiting for a platform, I just think God's like, no, I just, I just want you to go. Yeah. I just want you to go and do it. Steward what you have. Yeah. Where you're at with who he's already put mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. instead of waiting for a certain moment or a big break, or like you said, mm-hmm. someone to un unlock the box. But 
before you make any big decisions, right? Because this was kind of a big decision. Like you yeah. had to unpack a lot. You <laughs> had to kind of figure it out before you make any big decisions, before you move in a direction. What do you think has to be in place first? Because this was years in the making, yeah. right? I mean, my big decision two years ago mm-hmm. uh, to step away from a job that I loved was years in the making. It wasn't, I woke up and like, this is what I'm going to do. What will impact your trajectory more than anything else when you're making these kinds of decisions? I think for me, and this is a double-edged sword and it shouldn't be, um, but I have to hear from the spirit mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe too much. Yeah. Is that a thing to hear from him uh, too much? I don't know. Well, almost like I expect too much. Yes. There it is. <laughs> I expect too much. But you, but you also expect it to be different than what it is. Oh yeah. You know, but I have to, to even start, I have to hear from him in some way. Um, obviously it's not like you said an audible, like today you're going to quit your job or yes. today you're going to yep. start a ministry. It's never that, um, for me. Um, but when I tell you that I don't move without it, I do not move without it. And so this is the other side of that sharp sword is if I don't feel like I've heard enough, I'll sit on my hands a little bit, mm-hmm. even though like maybe I've been asking for clarity for a long time and he's like pouring it out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, but maybe like again tomorrow because I wasn't, I just need, I need a little more. Um, And I, it's because I place like such a high value on what he wants me to do. And like my biggest fear in life is for him to stop using me or not use me. Um, And I think that fear breeds like not wanting to step outside of his will. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be in his will. I just want to be in his will. And I, I push that too far to where it paralyzes me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you, decipher when the Holy Spirit is stirring something. I get this question Mm -hmm. all the time because it's really hard when you have a whole bunch of feelings about Mm -hmm. something, but you're trying to clear the way to move in the direction the Holy Spirit wants you to move. Yeah. I think for me lately, what it's looked like um, is when I get up with him in the morning and I'm reading something consistent, right? So I'm not just like thumbing through the Bible looking for the answer. That's, I get caught in that don't or like that. just open your Bible up. Like God will tell me what yeah. he wants me to do. You'll if I just, find it. If I just open it up yep. and like li- put my finger down yep. somewhere randomly. <laughs> and you'll make something out of that <laughs> yeah. verse. I've done it. Um, but wherever I'm at consistently, which lately has been Jeremiah, which is interesting how I ended up there. A God thing, obviously. But every um, section that I have read that day, and I don't put parameters on it. It could be a verse. It could be a chapter. Just wherever I feel like is a stopping point for me. Um, I ask him to say something, first of all. And then as I'm reading um, within the context and all that good stuff, um, what is he speaking to me in that? And it has been like verses jumping off the page. And like, it's not always that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I know it's him right now and how he's trying to wake me up from something now is it'll even be like verbs in a verse um, that are something I said to someone the day before, something someone said to me. And it's like the exact language. Um, And that's been wild. And it's not always like that. That's like the best of times. And even still, Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, but tell Mm -hmm. me again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, But it's that it's looking at scripture as I'm reading it in, in what he has placed before me and then consistency. So is it, it, well, do I wake up tomorrow and it's something else? Like, okay, like let's, maybe that's something I ate, but like, is it consistently um, lining up with his word and what he's showing me and what I'm praying through? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to describe like being filled with the spirit. I don't know if anyone knows how to describe it, mm-hmm. but that moment when you're in his word through prayer and meditation where you're like, oh, that's for me. You're like eyes kind of burn and it wells up with tears and mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, that was 
mm-hmm. his little nudge to me today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's how, it, that's what it looks like in my life. Yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, how uh, the Holy Spirit does not function in whims. I've said that I feel like a million times over the past six months, but you know, our feelings do, our feelings come and go. The Holy Spirit is consistent. And I will say in my experience, there's like this underlying certainty, like after I've wrestled with it for a little while and it keeps coming back up to the surface over and over again. And it's the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over, over a long period of time. Right. And it's the same thing over and over again. And even when other things come that look good and I think, you know, that could be what I should do, or that could be the right decision. It's like this underlying still Mm -hmm. of, of no, this is it. This is it. Is it in, in line with this? No, the no. Right. Like it's just an underlying certainty that takes I think it takes a long time to hone. Yeah. Um, and a lot of time, like you said, in his word. But like you just said, uh, the next day you're like, okay, but really? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to show me now? What pulls you off course the most often? Like, how do you reset when, you know, you're real certain and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, or fear mm-hmm. creeps in or that doubt creeps in. And all of a sudden you're not so certain about what you should do or what God's asking you to do or what the next step of obedience is. I think lately it has been fear, self-doubt, and like a lack of confidence that's pulled me off my course, which is not normal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I guess growing up, I've always just been super confident in what I want to do and what God's called me to do. And then it took a season of like questioning that. And that came from, honestly, other people's opinions and letting voices speak into me that didn't really know me well enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a big part that pulls me off is if I'm listening to something or someone who doesn't love me or doesn't know me well enough um, to speak those things and then taking those to heart and then I'll like chew on them and I'll Mm -hmm. be like, wait, did God really say, which we've talked about this before, but is literally the first question, you know, the enemy asked her, Mm -hmm. did God really say, and he does that to me and he'll do that to you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't change his strategy. Um, But asking me that, and then I'm like, Ooh, maybe he did it. Uh, maybe, maybe I misheard him. Maybe mm-hmm. it was my own, you know, gut or emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the stuff that can derail me. And then I won't necessarily want to go back to him and ask. And so then it pulls me away from his presence. And then I'm like, not even in his presence. And I'm filling myself with these mm-hmm. questions of doubt um, and doubt in him, doubt mm-hmm. in me, doubt in my, like all of it just spirals and I can find myself there. And so for me, like that's what gets me off track is listening to those voices, my own voice, the enemy's voice, all of that stuff. And I think the part about it that's getting me right now is that's kind of embarrassing for me because mm-hmm. I've just never been unsure. Yeah, it is very <laughs> out of character for and you. And so that feels embarrassing. So then I'm isolated because mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell anybody mm-hmm. that I feel unsure because mm-hmm. that's not me. I should know. And so then it's just a cycle of I'm not listening to the right voices. I'm not pulling in my close people and I'm not being honest about where I'm at. And so I'm just going to bury myself in this spiral of doubt. Mm-hmm. Over and over, over again. and over. That's what, you know, like you said about Jeremiah, I was in Nehemiah for a long time. And the one thing that absolutely blew my mind of what kept Nehemiah on course is he always went back to where he started, which was in prayer every time. So, you know, he people would say, what are you doing? You're getting it wrong. Are we really going to do this? Mm-hmm. this? You know, like all these people telling him, no, don't do this. That's not for you to do. Someone else will do it. But every single time over and over, you see him from the very beginning of finding out that the wall did not exist anymore. He went 
and was in prayer over what do I need to do? What do I need to do with you? Not what does my gut tell me to do? Mm -hmm. Not what would make me feel better. What Lord do you want me to do? And he did not move until he had the confidence rooted in prayer and God's word. He Mm -hmm. wouldn't do anything. Right. And so every move he took was because God had laid it out and God's mission for him did not change. Like you're going to rebuild the wall. You're going to rebuild the wall. So anything else that happened, he always went back to that. Mm -hmm. God, do you still want me to do this? Oh, you do. Okay. I will continue on because I trust you and what you're asking me to do more than all of these thoughts and all of these opinions. And what he did was he led well through that because he wasn't leading out of his own strength or in whatever gaps there were. He wasn't like, let me fill this gap. He always took it back to God's word, even with the people of like, no, God asked us to do this. We're going to do it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And people followed him. And I mean, he restored the whole wall. Like no one could stop him because his confidence and his sureness was in that time with the Lord. That was so pivotal to everything he did. But then the very next book is um, Esther. And you have King Xerxes, who is just like a big old beehole. Mm-hmm. And anyone, he's the kind of leader that he would just do what anyone told him to do. Yeah. So from get go, from chapter one, his advisors are like, hey, your queen, she sucks. She didn't come in here and do a little dance mm-hmm. for us. Like, you should get rid of her. Do so, Get someone else. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I think I'll do that. That's Good great. Idea. And I mean, every single chapter, his advisors come and are like, hey, you should do this. He's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. He never once ask God, Hey, they think I should do this. Do you think I should like, mm-hmm. is this what you want for my life and for these people around me? And I mean, you see such a juxtaposition of opposite courses, right? And I just kind of like what you're saying. If we can spend that time in an intimate relationship with God first and in prayer, which feels like you're not doing anything. Right. And it feels like it's not, doesn't have the momentum you want. It feels like you're not you know, doing what you think you should be doing. It's giving you the confidence to actually do the big things that might come later when people tell you, Hey, are you sure you should do this? Did he really say Mm -hmm. you can actually in confidence? Like, yeah, I did. Yeah, sure did. He sure did. And I, I, you know what? I'll go back tomorrow morning and he'll probably say it again. So (laughs) this is, you know, but it is such a rhythm and a, but what's so hard is how to know who to take advice from Mm -hmm. because everyone has a thought. Right. And sometimes I remember talking to you in my office one day and I'm like, I don't know, sometimes open Instagram and it's like, you shouldn't do this. And it's exactly what I'm about to do. And then I'm like, okay, I should, that's the Lord. He has sent me a sign. And the next day it's someone else saying you should. (laughs) Yes. So how did you figure out, you know, you said it mattered who was around me. Mm -hmm. How did you figure out who to take advice from? Um, Something our pastor says, or similar to something he says is um, he doesn't take feedback from people who don't love him uh, or Jesus or the church, Mm -hmm. which is great foundation to start with um but i also would add to that like love jesus love the church um love me but like know me which i've kind of said but someone that really knows me i i don't have a lot of yes people in my life Mm -hmm. um for lots of reasons i just if you're if you love everything that i do then you're not a truth teller Mm -hmm. and i don't need that like if you're someone that claps and cries at everything Mm -hmm. that happens in my life um I just, it's fake to me. And that's hard to say because I, they're, they have their own struggle. The reason why they do that is their whole thing. But I just, I can't surround myself with yes people or like always happy praise people mm-hmm. uh, just because it's not the truth. I can't, not everything I do is great. Um, most of the things I don't, I do are not great. Mm-hmm. So I need someone in my life that can speak the truth. And so that requires a, an intimate relationship with me uh, because, you know, I'm so closed off. It takes a lot to get to know me and to see the vulnerable side of me and for me to share that, like, hey, I'm embarrassed that I'm mm-hmm. not 
confident and God's calling my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those people are the people that I would take advice from mm-hmm. um, and do and mm-hmm. would any day. It takes a long time to get to those people because you have to dig past the always positive um, kind of facade that people like to put on. It's very, mm-hmm. it's influencer culture. It's hard to break through that, yeah. but they have to know me um, and be a truth teller for me to even want to sit down and mm-hmm. ask or share what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a time that you realized you were taking advice from the wrong not maybe not the wrong person but they just didn't have not in a mean way but mm-hmm. it just you had to decipher like that's not a good piece of advice like how do you uh, yeah. decide what you will apply and what you'll set aside mm-hmm. instead of letting it shape you because I am shaped a lot by people's thoughts and opinions and if even if you give it unsolicited mm-hmm. it's probably gonna have an impact on me in some way like I'm gonna rethink some things how do you create that boundary of thank you, but no thank you? Yeah. I think this was really hard for me when it came from people who are in authority, mm-hmm. um, regardless of, you know, relationship. Just if you are an authority over my life, um, I'm going to trust and assume that you know what's best. And so I have to take that sentiment, that statement, that advice back to scripture and back to people that do know me mm-hmm. and love me and have seen the real me and say, Hey, this person said this to mm-hmm. me today. And it kind of triggered a pain point in me. Is this truth or is that, is that false and it's wrong? Um, I have to do that a lot. Cause I, I tend, because I'm so closed, people think they know me and they don't really. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of advice thrown mm-hmm. out, um, mm-hmm. or things or statements or, you know, affirmations or whatever, Um, that aren't true. And so taking that back to God even and saying, um, journaling that through uh, with him and being like, this person said this to me today Mm. and it hurt and I'm not sure, like, is there truth to this? Is there not? And sometimes there's a little bit of both Mm -hmm. and that it's not just a throwaway or a keep, it's Mm -hmm. throw away some of it and keep some of it. Um, So that, the the authority piece is what gets me the most. I think when I think about like when I was younger um, and people saying what you should or shouldn't do, again, Yes, people, happy, positive, everyone's doing this was just never really my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand that that's a thing that people like have to wade through. Like everyone's doing th- it this way. Like I need to do it this way. I've always just gone back to, but how would I do it? Mm-hmm. Like how would the way God made me mm-hmm. do it? Mm-hmm. Um, whether, whether you're starting something new or it's your call or your job or your you know degree. Yeah, everyone's doing that. But like what does God put in me like what is that thing mm-hmm. and how would I do it how would mm-hmm. he display that through the way I'm made mm-hmm. and asking those questions too which can be hard but having real trusted people you can bring mm-hmm. back as a sounding board has mm-hmm. been helpful and that's what I mean I can think of moments that I walked out of that wrecked me in some way and if I was angry or upset mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the person who was going to affirm those feelings and only those feelings mm-hmm. right I didn't want anyone else to tell me to look harder at what happened. I just wanted them to say, oh yeah, you should be mad mm-hmm. or you should be sad about this. Or I didn't, I, I wanted the people who were going to blow the smoke mm-hmm. right off the bat because I was emotionally and not a great place. And I think that's the difference maker is if you are in an emotional high or low, take a beat. Mm-hmm. Like first take it like Nehemiah did, like take it to the Lord first Mm -hmm. and ask him like, am I validated in this? Which is not fun. It's not. It's annoying. (laughs) It's annoying. It is because you want someone to be like, yeah, that sucks or, you know, whatever the case might be. But I've had, it regulates me Mm -hmm. and then I'm not 
reactionary. I'm not, you know, thinking I'll just do this. Like, well, I'm not petty, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to make a point anymore. I'm taking a beat and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to see both sides of this because a lot of times I'll only see my side. And I only want to talk to people who see my side and you're not going to get good advice at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get someone who does really love you and really loves Jesus, but also like sees your hurt and wants to attack that as yeah. well. So I always want to pop off, but I've had to take, I remember going home one day and putting in, uh, this sounds so like vanilla churchy, but I did it and it helped. <laughs> uh, I put my headphones in and it was a worship playlist and I took a walk and I just yeah. sobbed yeah. the whole time. And I was just like, God, what if this is true? What if this mm-hmm. is true? What do I need to see? And what do I need to lay aside? Because I want to hold on to a lot of this. And it, if I had just made a decision from that moment, it would have changed the trajectory of where I am mm-hmm. right or now. Or called the person that would rally you up, which yes. there's a time and place. Like I know if I, once I've processed and heard a little bit of truth and I need someone to just be like, your feelings are correct mm-hmm. or to get mad for me, mm-hmm. to protect me, which is not um, something I always need. I can call my mom. Mm-hmm. I know she will be as mad as I am or more. Yes. And she will have a lot of things to say that I should do that I should not do <laughs> that I should not do. But in my emotion, she can say, yeah, I'm mad too. Mm-hmm. And you need a little bit of that. Yeah. But I do, I agree with what you're saying. And that's not churchy at all. If you need to hear the truth quickly, put in a podcast, put mm-hmm. on worship, like read, have the audible Bible play for you mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like. Go to that friend that mm-hmm. is the truth teller, do that first. And then if you still need a little release, Call your mom or yep. go to the gym. Yep. Do the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Go to your therapist. Yep. Wherever you can have safe emotions. Like there's a place for both. But yeah, definitely first. Truth first. Where however you can get it. Get yep. it. Yep. You know, we talked about that a lot of times. Obedience is painful, right? Like that feeling of this is really uncomfortable. And I think if you grew up in the church, somehow you were convinced that obedience is always good. Like, or sorry, that sounds bad. It is always good. It always feel good. feels good. Yeah. You know, that like, oh, if I just do what I know he's asking me to do, yeah. then I am set. And I've talked about this several times on the podcast that that's just not the truth. What do you do when the next step you're pretty sure you should take is uncomfortable, maybe even painful to a point? Yeah, this hurts my chest because this is what I, where I'm at. <laughs> And again, embarrassed a little that it's taken me so long to recognize this, which there's a reason, many reasons why it took so long and all the time. And I wouldn't take any of it back. But um, I would say when you think about obedience being painful or hurtful, um, you just have to do it. Um, And I don't mean do the whole thing. I mean, you just have to obey because we've already said this. No one is responsible for your obedience, but you Mm -hmm. period. And no Mm -hmm. one's going to stand in front of God judgment day and be like, I'm here on behalf of Kaylee. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that's me. That person will be me. Um, So if you're thinking that he is asking you to do something, just take any step Mm -hmm. in that direction. Um, Cause he's probably not calling you to sell your house and move to Africa tomorrow. He might. And if that person is you, then you already know it's you. So I don't, you don't, you got it. You do that. Yep. But that's probably not it. It's probably something um, that's going to take a lot of little steps to get to the bigger step. Um, so just do something. And that small step you could do literally today in obedience is just to tell someone, Yeah. just to tell them, say, Hey, I am not sure. I think God's calling mm-hmm. me to do this thing. Um, flesh that out with them. That is a step of obedience. And maybe, um, that'll bring some accountability. Maybe it'll bring some affirmation. That's what it did with me when I talked to Callie about it. Um, 
it brought a little bit of both of those things and someone who maybe even has already been telling you that stuff and you just haven't quite been in the place to receive it. But that is a little step. Um, but again, you know, a person that loves you and knows you and maybe they'll say that's dumb. Um, and if that's the case, take that back and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not the right step or maybe there's a different step, but just Mm -hmm. starting that conversation is a step of obedience. Um, but more than likely Mm -hmm. they're going to say, I've seen that in you. Um, and the really good people are going to be there to help you do it. Yeah. Because sometimes you do just need a sounding board. You can process out loud, work through it. Um, all the wrong stuff will fall out. You'll be left with a do. Um, but after you tell somebody, whoever that person is, you have to keep, uh, stepping yep. um, towards the bigger, scarier thing, uh, because that's how walking works. Mm-hmm. One step <laughs> leads to another step. That's literally how that works. That's how light works. The more you move forward with your light, the more you can see what's next to do. So just to keep stepping mm-hmm. um, in small, small ways, and they're going to feel big. Like mm-hmm. the small step feels massive. It's still scary. It's still painful, but you're not going to ever get to the big one unless mm-hmm. you do the small little tiny ones mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a word of warning um, to not take off without God um, because you have momentum. Once you take that step or two, you're going to start to feel like the rush of the momentum. And um, he does bless our obedience. So you're going to feel all of that, but you're going to need the spirit to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good mm-hmm. thing about that is um, if it's God's idea he'll sustain it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like he's responsible for that outcome. Um, But you're going to need the filling that we're talking about each day to keep doing it. And something that reminded me of that was something I read this morning in a study that I was doing that I'm not happy I'm doing, but I'm trying to be obedient and just keep doing it. Um, But it's Ephesians 111. And I'm going to read it in the message. Um, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone because he works it. So yes, we show up with our little step of obedience or whatever our open hands looks like, but he works his plan. Mm -hmm. Um, It is on him to do it. We just have to show up and he wants you to show up Mm -hmm. so that he can use you to do his plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned to, uh, you know, first of all, we we make it harder than it has to be. Yep. He's just asking us to show up. I mean, it's exactly what that verse is talking about. Like, he's not asking us to come up with the plan. Right. He's not asking us to say, like, this is how it's going to go, and he's going to okay it. Like, we've got it a, a little bit twisted, you know? He's just asking us to be obedient to what he's already laid out for us because he knows our giftings. He knows our resources. He knows the kind of time we have. He knows all those things and how he orchestrates that. But... You know, you, one piece that you mentioned was the accountability piece. Like if you say it to someone, inviting them to be accountable, like hold you accountable to it. What has that looked like? You know, because Mm -hmm. it's first, it's scary to share it because it feels anytime I've shared a big thing that I want to do, I feel a little dumb. Like I'm always like, gosh, someone's going to say, why would you do this? You know, like why there's so many other people who are better equipped for it. And truly no one, literally no one has said that to me yet. But I am convinced someone is going to say that or think that or say to somebody else and it will paralyze me from moving forward. But I've had to have those people that are like, have you moved on this? Mm -hmm. Have you talked to someone about this? Have you, what have you done to move in this direction? What is too much and what is too little? Yeah, I think um, I need this. I need accountability. That's like one of the biggest things that has been in this current season for me is having you hold me accountable Um, And other people in my life that I've slowly um, leaked what's next to, Mm -hmm. 
being like, okay, yeah, what are we doing? When are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be doing this. Why haven't you done this yet? Like even in that way, in that tone, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. So accountability for me has been sharing that and having someone check back in. Um, like mm-hmm. you text me, I'm like, where are you at on this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nowhere because <laughs> I'm paralyzed with fear. Um, why am I afraid? Also embarrassed to say that I am afraid. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it keeps pushing you towards what God's calling you to do and the heart of God, like to bring it out in the open. Mm-hmm. And for me to be like, ooh, that I do feel fear, why? And like going to God and saying, why am I scared of this? Why is this pushing an uncomfy button for me? And for him to be able to say, because here is why, and here's what I've shown you, and here's where you've not stepped in, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It takes having a human being to talk to, uh, to bring that stuff up. So for me, accountability is huge. I have to have have it. I would not do, I would not do it. Because who's it going to hurt? Like that person, their life's not going to be affected. Like if I don't do that thing, my friends are not going to be like, oh my gosh, my life's worse. It's just going to affect me. And so having someone hold me accountable in multiple ways is the only thing that's going to keep me moving. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And you know, the spirit's not going to let me probably put it down, but to have humans that can say, I see this too. Let's do this. When are you doing it? What's the timetable? What's the plan? How can I help? Like that makes all the difference. I think too, with exactly what you're saying, the root of it, the foundation of it is a confidence. And a lot of times that accountability feeds your confidence Mm -hmm. of, if they're asking me about it, they probably believe that I'm capable of it and that I should be doing it. And it it is a little bit of a boost, right? And so when we talk about that foundation and first building that confidence off of God's specific call in your life, I remember a mentor said to me a long time ago, it's like one of the only mentors I've ever had. And I had like one session with him and he said this to me and I think about it constantly. He said, the thing about God's will is how he uses you in it is honestly kind of up to you. Like if he puts something in front of you to do and you don't do it, his will is still going to be accomplished. He'll just use somebody else. And that made me want to vomit because (laughs) I was like, no, I want to do it. Like I don't want to be looked over, but my fear and my whatever the case may be can be the reason. So accountability is, hey, is that fear sneaking in? Is that doubt sneaking in? Let me remind you that you can do it. So go do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when, when we're talking about that foundation, it requires a constant building, right? Like you got to add blocks to it every day. It's not a, Oh, I've got it built and I'm set. What are some potential rhythms that are worth adopting that continue adding to your foundation? Because it's honestly when things are good that you have to keep adding, Mm -hmm. but you don't get a point to just stop. Like, it's not like you get comfortable and you're like, Oh, I'm good. You know, what are some rhythms to keep adding to it? This one's a bummer. Um, (laughs) well, it was a bummer for me. And I think we've talked about this and we talked through, um, like spiritual foundations and navigating disciplines. I have started getting up earlier and I'm not going to say what time because it's nowhere near as early as you get up. I think (laughs) in a lot of people, I'm just not a morning person. Yeah. I used to I honestly was impressed when you said you get up and do your quiet time then because a lot of times you were a nighttime person. I was nighttime, like ride or die, 22 year old, 10 year ago me, nighttime, um, roll out of bed, barely get ready for work. That's just who I was. And it's crazy to think, that now because that's not who I am at all and it's so wild Um, but I'd get up earlier than I ever have mostly because I don't like rushed time um, with God and sometimes that happens whatever but normally I just don't like it I want to make sure I'm up early enough to where I can like still be in my pajamas make coffee sit down like at a different space than my bed and spend time with him and take as long as I need to get whatever it is that I need. Cause some days it's 15 minutes and sure. some days I want an hour. And I, if I have to do that, like I can't roll into work 
at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I have to get up earlier. Um, but it's been like the best. It's been the best time with God. And he's been faithful to meet me there because I'm offering that time to him. Um, and again, it's not super, super early, but for me to change that, and I'm not saying you have to, and I hated that when I was growing up and people were like, mm. you give him the first 15 <laughs> minutes of your day. Yeah. Well, that's great for most people, but that wasn't me then. And that was okay. Then you can do that whenever it works for you and in your life and season and schedule. But in my season now, I like need it in the morning and it's so nice. And I like to, I can do stuff and I can read, I can whatever, but that morning time when it's just me and I'm not in a hurry, um, I love that time, but I have to make it to where I'm not in a hurry. That's a big one. Um, the only other one that I thought of is kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, which is only God to like weave it through. But I've also like slowly started sharing more of what God's teaching me in those morning times with like people that are not my closest friends which again, not one to do that anyway, but even like people on the fringe of my life, uh, like coworkers that are like, aren't my best coworkers, but like coworkers, um, people that I run into, you know, at the church that I like kind of know, but not really, or people at the gym that like we're buddies, but I don't know if they go to church, like those people, if it feels right in conversation or it's a question they're asking me, like how I'm doing, or, um, if something big has happened in my life and I can squeeze in like, um, yeah, and I was reading this morning, um, you know, Ephesians one eleven, and it's crazy because like God does all that, like mm-hmm. just slipping it in has been, um, huge for me. Cause I'm also, some of them will share back mm-hmm. like, Oh, God's been teaching me that, or like he said this, or if we have a shared pain point or whatever, um, it's been really cool to see him use just little, little tiny, like windows of sharing mm-hmm. with people that I'm not close to. Um, and just being open with what God's doing and that he's doing something in their life too has been encouraging. Isn't it? I will say that it almost more times than not, a lot of times what God is teaching me in the mornings is he's actually going to use it at another point in time to encourage somebody else. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of times it's in small group or I get a phone call from someone who's having a hard time with something and I can say, you know, I was just reading this morning about this. And I needed it, but I feel like you need it too. Like this is what we can stand on or this is what can encourage us. Like a lot of time, not every time, but a lot of times, whatever I have read and whatever has what I, how he speaks to me through it is used to encourage someone else at some point during the week, Uh, whether it's that day or maybe a couple days later, it is used to encourage someone else along towards what he's asking of them or whatever area of life they're in. So I just... I think when I look back into, you know, my twenties, the biggest thing for me has been that life is way less about forcing your way in, right? Like you don't have to, you know, get your little chair and go to the table you want to be at and shove it in there and hope it fits. And then, you know, be uncomfortable and not, cause you will be, if you're shoving it in there and forcing your way in, you will be uncomfortable because you'll constantly wonder, was this me or was this God? Like, did I make this happen? Did I force my way in? And you'll still have that restlessness. But it's so much more about just being fully right where you are and exactly what you've been saying, taking the next step, not the leap, not, you know, the sprint to whatever it is. You just, it's not that hard. You don't have to force your way to where God wants you to be because he didn't task you with that. And it's like you read from Ephesians, he's doing the work. We think it's our, like we're supposed to do the work, but he will task us with the work we need to do to get where he wants us to be. Um, 
But with that in mind, you are launching something that I'm very excited about (laughs) that I literally planned this entire podcast around because well, you're the only reason I'm doing it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, God, but it's Callie. (laughs) I need people to know about it and be a part of it. Um, because I'm just, I'm super pumped. So it's starting January 5th, January 5th. Um, launching is a big word. I am casually sliding across the table, a gathering of women, um, whoever in Knoxville that wants to come, um, that's available on Fridays in January at noon. A little um, lunchtime. A little lunch break. Won't even be an hour. So if you got to come and go, mm-hmm. bring food, bring whatever you need to bring mm-hmm. um, to get you there. It's just going to be a conversation like this, like Callie and I are having um, about when you don't know what to do with lots of things in your life, whether it's your calling or your purpose or um, spiritual disciplines. Like if you're like, wow, that sounds really cute and sweet to get up and meet with the Lord. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Um, and the fourth week, I'm going to open it up to just questions that you all can submit to me about what I missed, what we, what mm-hmm. you don't know what to do that mm-hmm. we didn't talk about um, and see which of those line up and just share those as well. But um, God's been calling me to do this thing, um, to share his word, to speak, to teach, to preach, whatever you want to call it. And I have been in a season of like putting that on the back burner and thinking because it's not a part of my job or a part of... Um, something that someone is tasking me with Mm -hmm. that I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. And so this is my compromise with God of just a small step of obedience to do it for this four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm just kind of spreading it word of mouth, just people in my circles, um, people to share it if they want to share it. Um, not branding it anything. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be posted on my Instagram. Um, but just kind of starting to launch this, what is a step of obedience in my life that could uh, ripple into other women Mm -hmm. that need to take steps um, or that just want to gather and find connection and Mm -hmm. a space for just a month. Mm -hmm. Um, After Mm -hmm. the last Friday in January, I don't know what's next, but I don't have to know. You don't have to know. I just have to do this one little piece. And Mm -hmm. um, what feels really little and casual and organic to me is also very scary. So, um, but taking the step. Yeah. If they want to come, they can DM you on Instagram. Sure can. Or what's the easy, how can they find out where it's at? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I think it's just my name, Kaylee underscore Hollingsworth. Um, DM me there. My uh, profile is public, so Mm -hmm. come find me. Yep. Or, and this is a big, hairy, scary, you can email me Mm -hmm. if you want to um, just get more information or just say, hey, where is it at? I'll share the location. Um, my email is my name, Kaylee.Hollingsworth at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you just want to find out more about anything, yep. email me. Yeah. So scary. I'll respond. <laughs> you do always respond. I'll You're respond. great about that. You can also just, if you can't remember any of that, you don't want to write it down, just DM the podcast at NOTM podcast on Instagram and I will direct you where you need to go to be a part of this event. It sounds super secret that the I know, but it's just easier. It's trust not. Us. It's a little bit easier to just do it this way. So if you want to be part of it, it starts January 5th at noon and it will be every Friday. So even if you listen to this other than January 5th, it is going to be every single Friday in January at noon. And it for anyone who literally is like, I just want to get my feet under me. Yeah. I just want, you know, I don't know about a resolution. I don't know about a word. I don't know about a direction. I yep. have a thoughts. Should I, shouldn't I? 
if you just want to figure out how to navigate the big decisions and navigate what could be next or figure it out, this is going to be conversations that you need to have too. So January 5th, noon at a location that you can text or uh, DM to find out. And we would love to tell you about it. I'm so excited about it. I love, gosh, I'm just, I love it. I love it. I love that's happening. I don't even care. I don't care if two people are there. I'll be one either. of them. I'll I got to I, I have to be there. <laughs> so I got to be there. <laughs> All right. Last thing. We always do this. And you probably, did you remember? I'm ready. It? I'm so proud. What's something you're super happy someone did tell you about? It's going to make you mad. Maybe. Oh, no. So, and I only knew about Is it, it a because. Stanley Cup? No, ew. <laughs> no offense. But, ew. Um, so, we are big glow screen girls. Mm-hmm. Super goop. Mm-hmm. And I used it today. I still have some. I did too. But I am shifting to Dermatology's Universal Tinted Moisturizer because it has 46 SPF, which is just one more than Glow Screen, which is not the reason why. But it also has like skincare in it. Okay. And I'm not, I wasn't doing like super great on that arena. And I, I need it every day. I wear Glow Screen every day. Yeah. And it was a little bit cheaper too. Yep. Just a smidge, which sometimes you can get Glow Screen on a, you know, yeah. coupon. But it's dermatology, out. universal tinted uh, moisturizer. It's a big tube. I mean, it's big, cheaper, um, gives me the same look. It's not as like shiny. Yeah. So if you do matte screen, it's more probably like more like the matte screen. Um, but I've been using it a little bit and I really like it. Is it beating it out? Something else I wish I'd started in my twenties and you need to start uh, in your twenties. Mm. Skincare. Just I, do eye it. cream. It, eye at a minimum, cream. start with an eye yes, cream. Yes. Like a moisturizer. I literally had a 20 something text me the other day and was like, I don't know who else to ask, but I feel like you'll tell me what's like the basics that I need to start with. Yeah. And I'm like, I am no guru, but I will tell you, you need to cleanse and moisturize your face mm-hmm. every day every at day. just a minimum, minimum. Do that. Like just some good moisturizer and some sunscreen. Yep. And you're going to be all right. I am appalled a little bit that you have moved on past glow screen. I'm I'm still finishing my bottle, but I'm I'm giving this a shot. Listen, I'm still doing my under eye patches, the, the little gold ones. I need people have asked me what the brand is, and I need to look it up and tell people. I got some for Christmas. Oh my know. gosh! Put them in the fridge. Yeah, put them yeah. In the fridge before you put them on your face, and it feels amazing. I love it so much. That and my little gua sha. What's the gua sha? Yeah, I, I have it. an ice roller oh now. Gosh, what, who are we? Who are we're we? We're in our thirties. That's who we are. Okay, hey, we're signing off. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume we're gonna see you on Friday at noon. Let us know, Kaylee underscore Hollingsworth on Instagram or at NOTM Podcast, and we will hook you up at where to be, and we will see you there. Kaylee, here's to 2024. I'll see you next year at 2025. We'll see what happens. Oh, my gosh.